Ah, uh, that was some more of that unreleased Guns N' Roses remix, Shackler's Revenge. Happy Friday, everybody. Welcome to episode 267 of Canada's Pinball Podcast. It's a Friday, and we're almost at Pinball Expo 2018. I'm going to give my thoughts about Pinball Expo in a little bit on this show. But we have to talk about the tour, the behind-the-scenes journey of Deep Root Pinball that Jeff over at This Week in Pinball encountered a couple weeks ago or a week ago. And he's got his exclusive Deep Root tour on his website. And so it was interesting to read about it because you're kind of reading the tour of Deep Root Facility and it seems like it's under construction. But, you know, to nobody's surprise, what is happening inside the walls of Deep Root is that pinball designing and pinball creation is occurring. And it's, it's, is, is anyone surprised? Now, here's the thing. I'm really curious, as I've said on my last podcast, I think that Deep Root has done the right thing by keeping their mouth shut and not showing their cards before they have some cards to show. I will even go on the record to say to Robert Mueller, if you are not ready to show what you've been working on, and if you're not close to production on those said machines, I would not go to TPF. I I, I, I really felt like it was a strange decision to put TPF on the map as the moment you would reveal your company's uh, work. Because as we see in pinball, and we're gonna talk about this a little bit again in this show, what is the point of revealing stuff if you're not gonna ship those games for months? The sweet spot of reveal to ship to hype, it literally is, I would say within two months. You need to ship your pinball game within two months of revealing it to the world. If you wait longer than that, I think you create fatigue. I think you lose excitement. I think you lose hype. And I think the games start to feel old and I've seen it and there's nothing new. Because here's the part that we all will agree on. You will want to buy something that is an impulse buy during a short window of hype, of enthusiasm. I don't, I, I need to have it. I need to have it now. Take Deadpool LE, for example. Why are people buying Deadpool LE? Is it because they have to have it now? Yes. The only reason people are buying Deadpool LE right now is because they will ship it to you right now. When a distributor calls you up and says, hey, Frolic, uh, you want a Deadpool LE? I got one. You can have it in three days. Sure, why not? Like, I'll, I'll take it. Nobody really, really, really is clamoring to get a $9,000 Stern Deadpool, which is pretty much the same game as the Pro for like almost half the price. But the reason why Stern is so successful in selling their LEs is because they're, they make them available. Why do you think Stern makes the LEs available right away? Because they know that the hype window is, is, is in that short period of time after they reveal and start manufacturing games. They don't want to give you too much time to think about your purchase. Come on. Everyone who listens to this podcast, I know you're getting smart enough to realize that this is how marketing works. Grab 
the money early, lock them in to the thing before they have too much time to think about it. It's also why Jersey Jack is like completely fumbles this on every marketing level. You know who should get the first 250 Pirates of the Caribbean games? The collector edition buyers. Those games should be made first. Jack is so silly. What he's because what he's doing now by making the people who spend the most money wait the longest, they bail out. Why do you think? Why do you think there are still collector edition dialed ins available? Why do you think? Well, because he made all the LEs first, and if you really wanted one and you had to have one, you go get one. But, you know, Stern continues to show us that reveal, release, and get the money early. So, back to Deep Root. Let's talk about the tour. So, I mean, it was exciting that uh, someone went on the tour. <laughs> I've been uh, I've been talking to Robert. If I'm down in Texas, I hope to go into uh, Deep Root and see what they're working on. The, the big news is this. The big news is this. Um, there is like a rumor going around that they're going to make Back to the Future pinball because of some some strange like wording that Jeff used and in, in, to describe it. I want to like I want to read on on Pinside. Uh, there's this thread about it. Hold on a second because it's like everybody wants Back to the Future. It, it is like a theme that. We, we weren't happy with the original Back to the Future pinball machine from back in the day. Um, and if someone makes a Back to the Future pinball machine, I think we all can agree it is a take my money now moment. Now, here's what Jeff wrote. He said, teaser, the license is an 80s movie people have been craving. All right. So I'm not, you know, that's that's a big teaser. All right. And he says, look like a throwback to the Bally Williams era. Some looked futuristic. Throwback is one word. Was it deliberately written as back to the? Maybe not. Who knows? They were trying to figure out a safe way to add sparks or smoke as a feature to one of the licensed themes. Sparks or smoke. Wow, that sounds like a spark at the top of the clock tower. It sounds like smoke trail. Uh, where the DeLorean goes back to the future, doesn't it? Now look, if they figure that out and they figure out how to make a back to the future pinball machine with stuff like that, they will sell 18 million back to the future pinball machines. I mean, let's be honest. We, we are so used to the world of Stern and the majority of you out there are so used to Stern pinball being the only option in town. What excites me about Deep Root, and look, I hope they make it, and I've been saying it on this podcast, I made a decision months ago to not just blame these guys for hiring J-Pop. And you, you see it now. The tide has turned on Deep Root. People have gone from uh, casting them aside, calling them a joke, saying that they're going to fail because of J-Pop. You know, someone put in there like, I'm not going to follow this company because of J-Pop, and J-Pop lost millions. And that stuff's getting downvoted now. And it shows that, look, Robert Mueller didn't create Zidware. Robert Mueller didn't 
steal people's money. Robert Mueller didn't do anything. John Papaduke went off on his own and bit off more than he could chew. But if you think that John's failed business ventures mean that John is not capable of incredible pinball design, I, I, I think you're crazy. He is. He's a, he's a lunatic, John Papaduke. He's a mad scientist. But let me tell you, who would you rather have designing pinball machines? Mad scientists who are trying to like push the boundaries of what's feasible or playing it safe getting the same damn like rinse and repeat formula that we are getting from the number one pinball manufacturer out there. I mean, Stern is like, the, w show me a Stern mech. Show me a recent Stern mech that really feels like they push the envelope. And look, Stern understands that there is nobody competing with them on manufacturing. But I think the reason why when we hear Jeff's comments about how deep root is really working on all these mechanisms and creativity and you know world under glass like an 80s themes and non 80s themes and there's like an oval room with all this stuff going on it it can't it can't help but make you feel excited that someone is finally creating a little bit of like a Willy Wonka workshop for pinball uh, where hopefully hopefully magic pinball is the result and 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 this you know i i really feel like i'm excited i'm also a little nervous and here's why when i hear about like all this stuff going on and all these games being made at deep root part of me is like just make one good game to start you don't need to make four or five you don't need overnight to compete with stern in terms of volume and cadence all you need to do robert is show one good game at TPF. You need to just make one good game available for people to buy and you need to be able to ship that game to people in a close time period to when you reveal it. And TPF is going to come up on these guys way faster than they can imagine in terms of like reveal to ship. Uh, I know they're also going to Expo and I hope they don't show too much at Expo. I'm going to talk a little bit about Expo in, in, in a second. Um, but I think Deep Root existing in the world has people curious and it has people excited. And, and look, it has, uh, I, you know, it, 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 this is what it's doing to me. And, and maybe you guys can agree or disagree. I think, again, more than ever, why, I would just wait. Why would anyone run and buy any of these games right now? If you just waited six months to see what the pinball landscape would be, you would have your option of everything. In six months, you would be able to get, if you want it, a pristine version of any Deadpool, of any Batman 66. You'll be able to get any Alice Cooper Nightmare Castle you want. You'll be able to get Munsters. You'll be able to get Beatles. You'll be able to get, um, you, hopefully you'll know what Deep Root has in store. You'll be able to get a Monster Bash remake. And for these new games coming out, as we know, what is the point in buying any of them when they all come out with incomplete code? You'll be able to get a Pirates of the Caribbean. So if you wait six months and say, I'm just going to wait and see what is available, uh, I think that is a smart thing to do. You're going to be able to get an Oktoberfest. You know, the list keeps going on and on and on. Um, so I think when I see these guys rushing to buy like Deadpool LE, really? Like they follow the hobby. And if it's like it's like if I was going to go to a car 
and I was going to go get a muscle car. And I knew that like five other muscle cars were going to be revealed in, in a four month period of time. Why would I rush and go buy something immediately? Um, so look, the deep root uh, tour didn't give us a lot, but it gave us enough to be excited. And I think that's a smart thing uh, for Robert to do is to get a little bit of that buzz going. But again, my final point is Robert and company, you guys don't reveal a game until you are ready or near ready to ship it. I think history has shown us that if you do that, um, you are going to make it harder on yourselves. There's one caveat to that. If they show a Back to the Future pinball machine with sparks and smoke and a crazy world under glass, they could make people wait years for it, and they probably would, and they would take as much money as, as, as planet Earth has because people would gobble that up. And I think what excites me about Deep Root is Stern needs competition. Stern needs competition that's not building wide-body games. Nobody really wants wide-bodies, let's be honest. I'm so tired of Jersey Jack's wide-bodies with screens that are too big. Nobody wants it. You know, Jack refuses to alter his approach. Okay, fine. Keep doing it. Keep making trucks when everybody wants sports cars. Um, I think a standard-body game that has a Bally Williams-like cabinet, which we know Deep Root has, I think... There's going to be a screen with a deep root game. We know that. Whether it's the whole back box or not, we're not sure. Um, but someone needs to make a, a game and, and someone needs to make pins that can actually compete with Stern. Jersey Jack's not doing it. And I think we all know why. We, we say it all the time. They just can't get their act together. Spooky Pinball, is, it's not even close. They're not competitors for Stern. The, the games are not there. They're not good enough. Um, they're not quite as good as a Stern Pro. Uh, but they're an alternative, right? And you'll get your game. But still, Spooky makes you wait 18 months to make 500 games. Stern makes 500 games in what? Like a month? Probably, you know. So it's like apples to oranges. And, and look, Spooky's not trying to make that many games a month. But it's also just the quality of the game. So nobody, it's like nobody else is giving you any options or alternatives. Uh, Monster Bash Remake, sure, you could buy it, but it's been out for 20 years. Like, what's new about it? Not much, just a screen. Uh, so can Deep Root do it? Can they do it? What I like about Robert and company is they're fueled by people's skepticism, and I think they're angry. I think they want to show the world what they can do. And I like companies that have that kind of emotional drive. Uh, to prove a point, I think that is where uh, magic happens. And because, like, let's be honest, do you think Stern, when they make these new games, is trying to prove how good they can make a pinball machine? I mean, do you? And, and this is nothing. I don't. I. I th again, I think Stern's focus is on money, money, money. They know they can make money without having to do too much, without having to engineer too much. Stern has learned over the last few years that if they just get the art and the code where it needs to be at launch with the right theme, you'll buy it. I feel like they have a, a, a measurement of did we succeed in giving just enough to sell this pin at $9,000. You, know you know what their measurement is? It's, it's did we get Frolic to give two thumbs up standing next to an LE? And that is like... I feel like Stern's on a mission to see how much they can take out of pinball machines to still get Frolic to spend $9,000 and put his damn thumbs up, all right? And, and, and I want 
you know, I've, as I said, like Stern and Jersey Jack, if they could unite, they would make the best pinball machines ever. And maybe Deep Root is going gonna, is gonna to fill that void. All right, let's go on. Let's go on from, from Deep Root. Um, what's happening at Stern? So finally, somebody has finally revealed in Pinside the truth about the Beatles. And I haven't said anything. I know Jeff on This Week in Pinball hasn't said anything. Ryan and Marty haven't said anything. But someone just wrote it in the thread that the Beatles pinball is going to be a retheme of Sea Witch. All right? You, that, that is what the Beatles will be, all right? I've heard this from multiple people at Stern who never want to reveal who they are. They work there, but they talk to me. They can go on a wild goose chase trying to find out who it is. They never will. Canada's got moles in every organization. It's a little army of mine, my little Tetsuos out there. But anyway, that is going to be what the Beatles is. You are going to get three versions of the Beatles. They're all going to be the same game. They will have different art packages on them. There will be, I don't know if it's going to be premium, limited edition, super limited edition. I would probably guess that will be the case. I don't think the super limited edition will go as high as $15,000 because it's a retheme of Sea Witch. I, I, if I were to guess, because remember, Batman Super LE was originally supposed to be $12,000. They just upped it to fifteen dollars arbitrarily to see if people would bite, and they did. But here is my guess. Canada predicts the Beatles Sea Witch retheme will be three editions, okay? It, and, and the game is based on like a Hard Day's Night Beatles. It's not Yellow Submarine. It's like Hard Day's Night, like that era of Beatles. I don't really know the Beatles, but that's what I'm hearing. There will be three editions. I would guess that you will get a premium at, let's say, 9,000. Sorry, no, the premium will be, I would say, 7,500. Um, you will get an LE at nine to $10,000, and I think you'll get a super LE for $12,000 or 12500 That is what I think will happen. Um, what else do I know about the game? I don't know if they've taken Sea Witch and like added ramps or like built on top of it. They might possibly have done that. Like for example, Batman 66 is a retheme of Batman the Dark Knight, but they added another ramp, they added the turntable, they changed elements of the game. So, uh, if you know, retheming is just starting with the original game. What they've done to that original game, I have no clue. I have no clue. Um, but that will be coming. And if we're looking at a time frame for Beatles, you're looking at a, probably February, I would say. All right. I don't really care about Beatles. I don't really care. Some people do. Um, all right. So let's talk about the Munsters. Once again, on Pinside, I'm seeing like the Munsters cabinet artwork pops up every now and then. They yank it down. Um, I got to give, you know, Pinside finally yanked down the uh, photos of Monster Bash remake. We'll talk a little bit about that. But the Munsters, here's the thing. The Munsters will probably, most likely, not be shown at Expo. And so that leads me to my discussion about Pinball Expo and why I think going there for most of these manufacturers is stupid. And it's about time that we start calling out some of these 
unnecessary shows uh, for what they are. And Pinball Expo used to be the show where these manufacturers would go and show the distributors and the buyers and the arcade wholesalers, all the people that needed to know what they were going to buy for that year or the year coming, they would show them the inventory. And this is this was in an era when, you know, games were like would be put out in public and Whitewoods would be tested and games would be in route for a few months to, to troubleshoot. Like this was back in like the era when it wasn't about home collectors. It wasn't about secrecy. It wasn't about all that shit. And so what is the point of Pinball Expo in 2018? What is the point, really? Like I don't get why manufacturers continue to go to some of these like yesteryear's shows that have no prominence anymore, waste time, money, and resources going to Pinball Expo. Why? And I'll give you a good example of that. Why would Spooky, why would Charlie Emery waste money and go to Pinball Expo? I'm not sure if he's going or not, but he shouldn't. Why? He's already sold all of his Alice Cooper Nightmare Castles. So why are you going? Like you're going to spend money, spend resources to take what orders? You have no more orders to, to take on Alice Cooper's Nightmare Castle. So what is the point of going there? You literally have no reason to be spending money or wasting money when you could just stay home and build the games. And every day you don't waste resources going to shows is a day those resources are going to building machines. Like when we used to see Dutch Pinball fly around to every show, Andrew Highway, same thing. These guys would go to every show, burn money, and then they collapsed. And the shows were pointless because people will buy your game you know, with, without needing to go to a show, you know, like Expo. Do you think people wouldn't have bought Big, Lebow Big Lebowski? Once they showed it once and the reviews were incredible, like word of mouth is incredible, they could have just like said, okay, now we're just going to like build them. All right. And we're going to make this many and they would have sold every one. So, okay. So Charlie, no point in going. Jersey Jack Pinball. What, you know, I understand why Jack needs to be there. It's to let people play Pirates because he's got a game that is finally shipping. You know, it was a year ago that he revealed Pirates of the Caribbean at Expo. It is kind of crazy that's, that nobody is even unboxing their Pirates of the Caribbean pinball machines in the States a year later. I mean, it's kind of sad. It really is. They they totally botched this launch. Um, but Jack being there makes sense, sort of, kind of. And here's the other thing. There are other gaming shows going on around the country, and some of their names um, elude me right now. But there are other shows going on in the country, gaming shows, that have a far greater attendance than Pinball Expo, which, again, if you're Jack and you want to sell Pirates of the Caribbean... What is the point of going to Pinball Expo when you should go to places that have a bigger audience? Because there's more potential sales there. Okay, so then you got, um, we've got Oktoberfest and American Pinball. They're going to go and we've, we've heard from their marketing and sales guy that they are going to reveal Oktoberfest at Pinball Expo. And so then the question becomes, well, why are they doing that? Um, why? Is the game ready to ship? Is it going to ship soon? I've been hearing that Oktoberfest is going to ship um, sometime in January, February. 
But again, I just think it's pointless. I think these companies are wasting their time, literally wasting their time. So I actually hit up um, the sales and marketing guy at American Pinball. His name's, I, I don't want to say it wrong, Nirmal Vasani. And I said to him, hey, my name's Chris. I do a podcast. Um, you probably know it. I've been talking a lot about Oktoberfest and American Pinball. I would love for you to come on and talk about your sales and marketing approach for the company. And I think it would be great for people to hear from you, you know, because they've been hearing from me and I've been skeptical about their sales and marketing decisions. And my interviews are always fair and nice. So I extended the invite to him and he has not responded. So if you know Nirmal, and you are friends with him and you talk to him, you should, I think you should encourage him to come on Canada's Pinball Podcast uh, because I think when we hear from these companies about what, why they're doing their things they're doing, um, it only helps them. It only helps them. And I, I, if I were part of a company and I heard Canada's Pinball Podcast saying this and that, I would go on to set the record straight. But I, but but all I can do is ask them to come on. And you've listened to this show. I, I don't, I don't hold back. I don't retreat. Uh, but I also treat every guest with respect, and I let them have the stage to tell you, the listener, um, why they're doing what they're doing and why you should buy their game. And that's the that's the fair way to do it. And so if you know him and he wants to come on, he can come on at any time. But my point is, so they're going to show it in October, and then when are they going to ship the game? And then once they do that, forget it, all Houdini sales are dead. I even saw on Pinside now, people are trying to sell Houdini for 6300 bucks. A Houdini that's modded for 6300 and still nobody wants it. This is a big moment for American Pinball. This game needs to be a hit. There, when your first game, which you didn't even make a lot of, is, is selling for, you know, won't even sell for 6300 it's showing everybody that the market is, is, is really tough. Like you need to make a hit or, or your game's a flop. Like that's just the way it is these days. There, there's no middle ground anymore. Um, so they're going to show it. All right, Stern is not going to bring the Munsters. Like there's going to be, Stern is just going to bring Deadpool. They are just going to bring Deadpool. Deadpool is like just shipping. The premiums are just on the line. You are not going to go to Expo and see the Munsters. I guarantee you the Munsters will will probably be shown in November. They will not show it to you at Expo. They probably will do some like October 31st, like Halloween exclusive with like IGN, even though nobody who reads IGN even knows who the fuck the Munsters are. Um, it's just a bunch of guys that are like 50 and older who are really like into that title. Uh, but I think that you're not going to see anything on the Munsters until November. Stern is going to keep milking the Deadpool sales as long as they can. Um, and it just, you know, who else? Who else is going to be at Expo? Is Jerry going to spend money and go to Expo with P3? Don't do it, Jerry. Why? Jerry's been to like every show for like seven years with his games, like spending God knows how much money. Jerry, I just want to take a time machine. I want to get in a little miniature version of a DeLorean that's inside a Deep Root game. I want someone to spark the little clock tower. I want to flames to come from the tires. I want to go back in time and tell Jerry seven years ago, Jerry, you've got a few hundred thousand dollars. You're thinking of like disrupting the pinball market. Jerry, don't do it. Buy Amazon stock today. In seven years, 
you're going to turn that $200,000 into like millions of dollars. Your family won't be yelling at you over Thanksgiving that, you know, you burn through their money. You'll be a multimillionaire because of your investment. And then you can go make a pinball machine and still have millions in the bank. That's what you should do, Jerry. It didn't happen. We've got P3. It's, you know, so sorry. Can't, can't go back and change time. All right. So look, anyone else going to be at Expo? Who's going to be at Expo? Is, I think, is there like, let me, let me hit pause right now and go to like Pinball Expo website and see what the seminars are. All right, I got it up. What we're going to do is I'm going to go through Pinball Expo's schedule of events. And I'm going to tell you if I give a shit or don't give a shit about what is going on. All right, Thursday, October 18th. Let's see what we've got. Uh, no photos or videotaping will be allowed. No employee. Okay, this is like setup. Let's see. Me. Okay, at 1.30 p.m. on Thursday, you know, the, the hot time slot to get. Meet Team Pinball, Designers of the Mafia. I mean, okay, so that's like a third column. There's like, um, I, I give a shit, I don't give a shit, like, blow my fucking head off. Kind of, like, like, okay, like, really? The really meet the designers of the mafia. Look, and I, I look. I think all of us could agree that we could care less about a game that costs seventy five hundred bucks and looks like a three thousand dollar machine at most. I saw that Joe Newhart from Pinball Star is like, I've got the Founders Edition. Joe, I love you, brother. Let me break it to you real simple. When you say they're only going to make a hundred of these. No, Joe, they're only making 10. There, there, there will never be an, an, an order place for number 11 of Pinball Mafia. Okay, I'm just, I'm just, let's just call it like it is. Only 100, there, uh, I, there aren't 90 other people out there um, unless Hilton McDingle like clones himself and there's like 100 Hilton McDingles running around to order these games. There's, I don't even think they're going to sell all 10 of those Founders Editions. Um, and you, I, I don't even want, I literally, there, there has not been less excitement for a pinball machine in years than the mafia. I mean, I haven't even like really talked smack about this game, but like I will for just a little bit. Have these guys ever seen a mafia movie? I mean, what is with the art on the game? It, it looks like the mafia dude is wearing like a 10 gallon cowboy hat. I mean, I, I don't get it. Like, it, it's just, it's so weird to me that it's like this adult theme presented in this like comical sort of like Cactus Canyon kind of art style. And it's like a single level game. I, I, we're not, okay. So 1.30, who's going to that? And it's only a half hour. I mean, well, that makes sense then. All right, two o'clock. This is your brain on pinball and other uses for the silver ball. What the fuck is that? Skip that. Um, three o'clock. The untold story of the pinball company. Speakers Nick and Brooke Parks. Um, I don't. I don't even understand like what that is. Okay, I'll skip that. Four o'clock. Marketing pinball and video games. Todd Tucky. Um, Todd Tucky from TNT is awesome. I love his stuff. Um, marketing though. I, I mean, I'm not sure. Like Todd's never. He he's got a. He's a retailer. Uh, and he does a great job marketing TNT amusements. Uh, so I, I would want to check that out. I mean, at least marketing uh, piques my interest. And Todd is such a great personality and such an awesome dude. I love all the content he's made. So I would definitely start at 4 o'clock that day. All right. 
Let's see, there's just a welcome party. Do, 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 do. Six o'clock. From computers to space invaders, speaker Ed Fries. Okay, I mean, maybe. I don't know. I don't. Why would people at a pinball show want to see that? I don't know. Number seven, the team behind the Qbert video game machine. Um, uh, well, again, why, why, are, why are like arcade games stuff happening at Pinball Expo? I would skip that. Um, 8.30, this is really the first one you're really going to want to see, which is what's new at American Pinball, Joe Balser and staff. So that is where we will get to see Oktoberfest. Um, again, but I could just, at 8.30 at night, on Thursday, I will simply go on the internet and it will be streamed and I'll be able to see everything without having to be there. Okay, then Friday... Let's see, uh, just another pinball troubleshooting lecture, Ron Kuhn. All right, cool, wouldn't go to that. Video game repair tips, Jason Kopp. Um, okay, again, we're a lot of video game repair tips. Like, I, I thought this is Pinball Expo. Number nine, nine o'clock again, Solid State 101, Beginner's Guide to Schematics and Pinball Electronics um, with Rob Craig. All right, let's see. Okay, so that stuff, like, look, it's not of interest to me because I'm never going to, like, be a pinball maintenance guy. But I understand why. At least it's pinball. Um, so 9.30 a.m. This is early, right? The making of Spinal Tap Pinball Machine. All right, so it's a homebrew machine. Um, 11.15. The Pinball Hall of Fame is moving uptown. Tim Arnold. I know they're moving locations in Vegas. Uh, I, I Okay, cool. Like, I don't. do I need a... I don't know. Do I need a 45-minute speech about how you're moving locations? Um, one o'clock. Um, this week in pinball and straight down the middle, a pinball show. Speakers Jeff Patterson, Zach Manny, and Greg Boone. Um, okay, so I think they're going to do like a one o'clock show from the floor. Nothing, like guys, nothing is more exciting than watching a pinball podcast live. No, you, you can't. You Like literally... There is no better live entertainment than watching three dudes in front of a mic record a pinball podcast. I mean, I might I might buy tickets to go to Chicago just for that one o'clock. I might have to do it. All right, 145. Ironically, followed by uh, straight down the middle, are there good friends and heavy advertisers for the site? Pin Stadium's uh, taking collectors and operators into the future pin stadium lights uh we've seen these guys uh their their products are amazing i have it inside my batman 66 i don't know what the hell the orion's belt thing is but look i think they've done something great i think they've lit up pinball machines which needed lights badly all right let's keep going 215 owning and operating the largest video arcade in the usa doc mac um, that's cool. I, I think for a lot of people out there, when we get bored of our jobs, we have grandiose dreams about opening up an arcade or barcade. And I would love to hear from someone who's actually done it, the, the hurdles and challenges that he faced. Um, the rise and fall of Illinois pinball. I'm not even sure what that means. Um, was there, I, I don't, I, okay. Uh, all right, whatever. Are you dialed in Pat Lawler? Um, Pat, I'm not, I'm not dialed in. Um, I, I like I I don't get why he's talking now. The game's been out for two years. Jersey Jack wants to get people to buy Pirates of the Caribbean, so I love Pat Lawler, but I don't want to hear from Pat Lawler again until his next game is out. And I and the only question I have for Pat Lawler is why did you think Dialed In would be a theme uh, that would sell pinball machines? But 
look, um, I'd love to have him on the show, but, you know, I don't want to go hear him talk. And also, like, Jack is the most charismatic speaker at JJP. When other people talk, I'm always like, it's like nails on a chalkboard. All right, 515, Future Worlds with Deep Root, Pinball, Barry O, Dennis Norman, J-Pop, John Norris, Robert Mueller is moderating, and Quinn Johnson. So 515 on Friday is another one I'd want to be at. And that, so that's like, you know, again, like the, the, the manufacturers who are talking about new stuff. It is going to be incredible that when J-Pop takes the stage to see what happens. I, I, I think people will be respectful. I don't think people are going to boo, but I'd want to, I just want to see what J-Pop looks like. You know, it's like, how is he doing? <laughs> you know, so um, it's interesting that's being moderated by Robert though, because what's strange about that to me is, um, I should moderate that panel because if you're if the guy who runs the company is moderating his own people, um, you know they're gonna have to prep for the hard questions, and so I hope they're ready for that. But I think they will be. They they've answered them well. Um, seven o'clock, Pinball Expo Hall of Fame inductee ceremony speaker Rob Burke. All right, all right, okay. I mean, I don't. Is, I didn't even realize there was like a Pinball Hall of Fame where like you can get inducted into it. Do you think years from now? Canada will actually make it into the Pinball Hall of Fame? Maybe, right? The pioneer of pinball podcasting who brought us multiple shows a week. He's the only one, the only one, who was able to get us the Stern Coffee Table book after years of waiting. All right, let's see. Um, all right, then we have 8.30 at night, an evening with Jersey Jack Pinball. Speakers, Jack, and staff. Let me guess. It's going to be Jack. It's going to be Eric. It's going to be Keith. It's going to be a shitty PowerPoint presentation where they tell stories and they show us pictures from the factory. Same shit. Different year. All right. Lloyd Olson. Love him. Fixes everybody's problems. Can't fix my problems with the booze. Um, all right. Saturday. Let's see. This is where it starts to like thin out. You got robots making play fields. Uh, micro um, Stefan. Uh, I don't care about playfield manufacturing. Pinball Chicago and team based league play um, could care less. A look inside Dead Flip, an AMA speaker, and ask me anything with Jack Danger. Yeah, man. I mean, Jack, I love you. I love you. 11 a.m. on a Saturday. People are going to be hungover. But I'd go to that. I love Jack Danger. You know? Jack showed me his new machine and he asked me uh, if I had any possible themes that he should make the machine. I said, I have two themes for you, Jack. One is Hilton McDingle's journey to get a smartphone. So the game would be about you helping Hilton McDingle get a smartphone. Uh, and the whole game would be about collecting uh, money for him to finally purchase his smartphone. Um, there's, a, there's a bash car that I want him to add. It would be Hilton Subaru where you could bash it and every time you bash the Subaru, it gives you some more money. Um, you know, there's like, there's a, a, a shill loop. Every time you hit the shill loop, it's Hilton saying how Predator's definitely coming out. So you hit that and it's like, Predator's definitely coming out. Predator's definitely coming out. Um, and then it's also him shilling Highway Pinball. So it, it's like, and at the end of it, the final wizard mode is Hilton McDingle battling uh, the T-Mobile giant. And when he's successful, he's handed um, a cell phone 
from the guy wearing the mom jeans and dialed in. And I think this is great. I think it's a great idea. I think this would sell like hotcakes. The other theme idea I had for him was just doing a theme based called Andrew Highway's Two Weeks. And every single switch in the game activates Andrew Highway saying two weeks. And you just play the game to see how many times you can get Andrew Highway to say two weeks. Follows our ethos that we want to be able to manufacture as much as possible in two weeks. 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 All right, I think I'm coming at the end of Expo. We've got three, let's see, we got um, Total Nuclear Annihilation speaker, Scott Denisi. I don't really care. I want to know about Scott's next game. We know that TNA has been successful. The Road to Game Design with Keith Elwin. The Road! It should be called The Road to Making Archer into Iron Maiden and convincing everyone that it's Iron Maiden. No, um... I, you know, I'm always curious to hear from game designers. And then we've got, this is where Stern has like a block. Then Steve Ritchie, Pinball Confessions with Father Steve, um, The Making of Deadpool with George Gomez. So Stern's got this like block out on Saturday, uh, 4, 5, 6.30, and then 8 o'clock is Sternorama. Again, I think it's all going to be about Deadpool. That's why they're ending up with Deadpool. I like hearing from the stern guys i like it when george gets up there and like calls me out for being full of bullshit so just ask george when you're there guys ask him hey george is beatles going to be a retheme of sea witch and see what he says canada pinball podcast your trusted source for exclusive information that nobody else will tell you about and then it's sort of over then you got nothing really happening on sunday that's pinball expo and that is why i will not be there this year it is the same rodeo every year. The other shows are better, and it's going to be a skip for me. It makes sense that like Stern and those guys are going to be there. Oh, fuck. Because I just spilled my coffee. It's in their backyard. Um, guys, I got to get to work. Hope you enjoyed this podcast. Um, we will talk to you real soon. I don't